Welcome to Center Ice. Very excited to bring you a couple of different episodes today. So in this version, we're going to be talking about the trade deadline. Let's look at some early potential buyers and sellers at the trade deadline, shall we? Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. Do you want to start with the buyers or the sellers, Mac? Let's do the sellers because we can poke fun at them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If we're going to poke fun at things right away, you and I were coming up with our list before the show, Mac. And I mentioned Arizona, and I think that would normally be a pretty good pick considering they only have 15 points through 30 games. But the uh, poor Arizona Coyotes, what else do they have to sell, Mac? Bill Armstrong sold off everything, so there is nothing to sell. Lawson Krause, maybe? Maybe. I don't know, man. Okay, I think I've just come up with a good analogy for the Arizona Coyotes, Mac. They're They're like the team. They're like a store that's on a liquidation event, right? But they've been liquidating for like three, four weeks. And it's the final couple of days of them being open. And you go into the store and there's maybe a couple few things left over, but all the really good stuff has been sold off already. I think that's a good analogy for the Arizona Coyotes right now. No, that, they, that is perfect. <laughs> they need to restock the cupboards. And you and I have talked about the Coyotes before. Bill Armstrong will be restocking those shelves starting this offseason, but it should be no secret. Arizona basically is nothing. I could see potentially Lawson Krause getting sold off, but Arizona has nothing to really sell off. So let's get into the teams that probably will be selling off. And let's start with the Seattle Kraken Mac. I wouldn't say expectations were outrageously high for Seattle coming in to the season. You and I have talked about them as well before but certainly uh some disappointment in seattle and i think there are some pieces there that teams that are going to be buying would certainly look at from seattle and say we can get him for a decent price and they could make a difference in our playoff run yeah i think probably the main one that i would think of in terms of salary and just productivity and being a good player that's good on both ends of the puck is um Jared McCann. He he's the one that really stands out to me. There's there's interesting players, but a lot of them are kind of like, okay, they're paid way too much money. They're not that productive. They're either inconsistent or injured too much. And and you know, I don't I don't think a guy like Grubauer will move. I highly doubt it. It's going to be very tough to move that kind of contract, especially right now. But uh yeah. I agree. Expectations were, I would say, moderately high when people were throwing around things like, oh, we expect this team to be as successful as Vegas and the whole draft party they had, which was something else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just think Bron Francis would do really well here to say, okay, what do I have that I don't really need? And what can I sell off to get some value back in return? I, th- I think it it does take a little bit of guts here to be like, okay, look, we probably could have taken a better approach to the expansion draft and the offseason. How can we improve our approach as we go into next season? And I think the one thing that stands out about Seattle is it's that consistency. And it's the hardest thing for any team to achieve. So... Yeah, I do think they will be sellers. The question is, how much will they sell, really? Yeah, that's the real question. I don't know if it's going to be a complete sell-off, Mac, but 
you know, if someone's willing to take that Grubauer contract, for example, and they're willing to give you some good pieces for it, you're not going to say no if you're Ron Francis. I think that pretty much everyone he's willing to listen to offers on, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a sell-off. Just like any good GM, Mac, you always will listen to offers on pretty much any player. And if the price is right, you'll sell them off. Because Seattle, they've still got a ways to go. They only just have the foundation of their team at the moment. If And if Ron Francis can get some good future assets, like some good prospects, some decent draft picks, then he's probably not going to turn down a lot of offers on players. Yeah, all right. Let's pivot to the Dallas Stars. Yeah, absolutely. A team that you and I, uh, I'd say we are fans of, just we haven't been uh, impressed with how they've been playing. They've played a little better as of late, Mac, compared to where they were at the start of the season, but they're still not in a fabulous position. They're sixth in the Western Conference, and they are a few points out of the playoff picture at the moment. But when you look at the bigger picture overall, Mac, even if you could say this group that Dallas has at the moment with the mix of young guys like Jason Robertson and the veterans like Joe Pavelski, who are both having pretty solid seasons at the moment, Mac. Between that group, do you really think that they could make it into the playoffs? I I think they could, but I think Dallas needs to retool. And you and I have talked about this before. So the, the question now becomes, you know, who do you look at selling off? Of course, you'd love to sell off some of your bigger contracts and some of your guys that have been struggling a little more as of late. But, you know, trying to move a contract like Radulovs, Sagans, for example, that's going to be very, very hard to do. And I think that Dallas has got some pieces that guys want, but a lot of the big pieces that they'd want to move to free up cap space, just like Seattle and Group Hour, you know, it's going to be very hard to do. Yeah, and, and I think you're not going to see them move young pieces like Heiskanen and Ottinger and Hintz, you know, Robertson, guys like that. But I do think they'll look at moving players like Guryanov, Ben, Sagan. You know, I think you've got to take a long view and be like, we are still one of the oldest teams in the NHL, even with Hudobin being on waivers and even with Bishop being retired. So how can we sort of uh, get a shot in the arm with that retool at the deadline? And, it's not a difficult thing to do because there are always teams out there that are looking for those veteran pieces and are willing to give up that young talent that maybe aren't getting the ice time they deserve because of the players on the team. So I really think you're going to see a big sell-off here. Obviously I don't see the young pieces moving, but I think they're going to look at everything. I do. Yeah, I do as well. That's sort of how I see Dallas. I think any of the older players in particular, you'll certainly be taking offers on them. I think that you could even see Joe Pavelski moving. Yeah, he's leading your team right now with 27 points. But, you know, Joe Pavelski, you and I have talked about him many times before through the years on the show. You and I are both fans of Joe Pavelski. But remember, he's age 37 now. And he could be towards, you know, his peak for the season over the next few weeks and if you can sell them off to i don't know like a new york rangers for example for significantly more than you paid for them and you get pretty much any other time then i certainly would field offers on them you may not want to do it seriously but if some team like washington last year 
is going to seriously overpay for Joe Pavelski in the hopes that he's going to be a big piece in their playoff core, then you certainly got to take a look at it, especially considering Pavelski's 37 and he's not getting any younger. So any of the older pieces, Mac, I think you're absolutely going to see them field offers on. And I think you could even see them potentially, of course, not guys like Heiskanen and Robertson, but maybe just maybe we've seen it before. If someone's willing to pay a ridiculous amount for some of your younger pieces, then you might not want to say no if you're Dallas here. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm going to throw some interesting ones at you here. And the first one is the Winnipeg Jets. I think you could see them be a seller. I I really do. I I like the boldness here, Mac. And I think not a lot of people out there would, when they look at Winnipeg with where they are right now, would say that Winnipeg should be a seller, but Winnipeg sort of has been in the same place they where they are for the past few years. They've been kind of bubble, maybe third place in the division playoff team. And Winnipeg right now, they're a team that could probably use a bit of a shakeup, wouldn't you say? I do. And I agree with what you said. I just think it's the same team sort of year after year. And yeah, they improve the depth on defense, but not a lot. I mean, the guys they brought in, I'm not a huge fan of a guy like Dylan or Schmidt. I don't think they've been great. Obviously, Maurice decided that it was best if he moved on. And, you know, you can have your own thoughts and opinions on what kind of a coach he is. But this has largely been the same team for a long time. And yes, they bring in young players to enthuse that core, like, you know, a Christian Veselainen. And obviously Nikolai Ehlers has improved, but it's been the same sort of team all the time. And that's a team that has good forwards, a very good top six, questionable bottom six depth on the forward front. You know, same thing, questionable bottom four depth on defense, a extremely good, one of the best in the league goaltender, an average backup. So it's just like, it's sort of the same thing all the time. And once in a while, they'll have a really good game where you just say, sort of like some of the other contending teams that are a little inconsistent, if they play like that, you know, they'd win a lot more games, but it's just not there. And and I think if you sort of said to yourself, you know, do you look at selling off a Blake Wheeler? You know, to me, Blake Wheeler is sharply declining in his career the last couple of years. Well, you certainly have to look at guys like that. One thing we've learned over the past few seasons, Mac, is pretty much no one is untouchable. And that, that's for a reason, because it, once again, you, I, I go back to like Pavelski. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Day off, and someone at the trade deadline is willing to pay an awful lot for Blake Wheeler based on his past performances, then, then you certainly shouldn't say no, because... Winnipeg could certainly use some better depth. They could use some more depth on the defense and on the forward and even the goaltending. And I think it's worth mentioning, Mac, you mentioned how good Connor Hellebuck is. He's one of the best in the league. He has a really good record. He's got a 916 save percentage, 269 goals against average. It makes you wonder, It sort of like Montreal, Mac, if he wasn't playing quite as good as as he was, how many more flaws in this Winnipeg Jets team would we see? And I think we would see a lot more flaws, especially on the defensive depth, get exposed pretty quickly with Connor Hellebuck not playing as good as he is. And and that could always happen because 
Connor Hellebuck's been pretty darn consistent through his career, but goalies always have cold stretches now and again where they aren't quite as good as they usually are. And situations like that could really expose how weak the defensive depth on this Winnipeg Jets team really is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I got another one for you. And I think this one we sort of agree on and we brought it up before the show. How about the New York Islanders? I mean, you want to talk about a terrible year for a team that had lofty expectations and a team that is capped out, has no cap space. Where do the Islanders go from here? Well, I'd say that's the million-dollar question if you're Lou Lamorell. You and I have touched on them before during the season. You and I have mentioned that this is a major disappointment. At the time, though, the Islanders weren't super far out of the playoff spot. They had a tough start to the season. Remember, they had a tough schedule, too. But they, you and I thought that there were still, especially me, I was a little more optimistic. I thought that this is an Islanders team based on what we've seen in the past with Barry Trotz behind the bench, Lou Lamorello in the head office, that this is a team that could turn around. At this point, it doesn't look likely, Mac. They're dead last in the Metropolitan Division with 22 points. And they, sure, they've only played 26 games. Well, everyone else in the division has played about 30, which does, does make things a little different. However, at the same time, you look at the games they have played in, Mac, and guys like Matthew Barzell, Wallstrom, Nelson, Lee, Pajot, Dobson, et cetera, et cetera, Palmieri. You can go down the list here, Mac, of the guys that are supposed to be putting up big points for this New York Islanders team, the guys you'd expect to really be the star players here. They just haven't been quite up to snuff for the Islanders this year. And as you mentioned, they're capped out. They're right against the cap. And there are certainly a lot of pieces that teams would look at at a trade deadline. And I bet you could get an awful lot back for it. Like, for example, as a Dano Chara, I don't think you get a whole lot back for it, But, you know, there's some salary you can shed right there. You can get a pick or two back. And there's something you can sell off. And I will say this, Mac, pretty much everyone on the Islanders, if I were in Lou Lamorello's shoes right now, is... I'm fielding offers on with, with, you know, and maybe the exception of like a Matthew Barzell, for example, but like Jean-Gabriel Pajot with that contract he's got, Anthony Beauvillier, Palmieri, Clutterbuck. There's a lot of guys on this list that I'm looking at from the Islanders roster, Mac. And I think teams would pay an awful lot for. And if you're the Islanders, you need to retool. You and I have said, said this before. And Lou Lamorell is a really smart guy. And I think he's smart enough to see the writing on the wall here, Mac. Yeah, no, it'll be really interesting. And I think your untouchables are probably Pelic, Pulak, Sorokin, Barzell, and maybe Beauvillier. But other than that, I think, I think a lot of teams would really benefit from having an open mind at the trade deadline. And like you said, it's, it's sort of a matter of knowing your commodities and knowing what they're worth. And, you know, how many times have we seen teams be buyers when they should have been sellers and whatnot? But I think just having an open mind and, and thinking about, you know, this is a real opportunity to set yourself up well for now and the future if you make the right moves. So it'll be really interesting to see what a lot of these teams do. The one I wanted to add is Montreal, but that's very obvious. Everybody knows Montreal needs to make moves. 
And then there's one in between her. <laughs> As always, Stevie Y and the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, you look at last year, I thought they did a great job getting Vrana in draft picks from Washington for Mantha. And he is always looking to take advantage of someone. Forgive me for saying that and improve his team in the future because he's just so smart about making those moves and improving his team when he can. Well, I, I think taking advantage of people <laughs> is what Steve Yazerman does. You look at what he did with the Tampa Bay Lightning and what he's doing now with the Detroit Red Wings. I think that's a fair assessment. And you never know what Steve Yazerman's going to do. I bet he's already got his list of what I would call suckers. I'm sure he's disappointed that Jim Benning's no longer on that list because Steve Yazerman would have absolutely taken him to town. But there's lots of GMs, which I'm sure, sure if you're Steve Yazerman, you're looking at and you're thinking these guys are desperate for, I don't know, a goalie or defensive depth or forward depth. And they're willing to pay a lot more than they would any other time of year for this piece that really isn't super valuable to my team. Steve Yazerman's going to take advantage of that. And I think putting the Detroit Red Wings kind of in between is a good place to put them. Because remember, they're fourth in the Atlantic right now. I think a lot of people are forgetting that right now, Mac. The Red Wings haven't been lighting the world on fire, but they certainly haven't been playing bad. And their rebuild is progressing nicely. So if you're Yazerman, you're probably going to do a bit of both. You're going to sell off some pieces you don't need. But if you can find some good players that, teams undervalue which steve yazerman often does you'll pick them up for basically nothing and that's the steve yazerman way mac it sure is all right let's move on to the buyers and before we get into sort of the mainstream candidates let's touch on two teams that have enjoyed really successful seasons that sort of came out of nowhere depending on who you ask how about the anaheim ducks and the calgary flames yeah uh Two team, especially Anaheim, two one of the teams here that really I say a lot of people, ourselves included, didn't have them on our playoff list this year, but they're in a pretty good position right now. You and I have talked about them and how good they've been before, but you and I both mentioned that they could, in our last episode when we talked about the Anaheim Ducks, that they could use a little more to get them over the hump. Right now, they're only one point behind the Vegas Golden Knights. But if they could get some a bit more depth now to shore up that lineup and really give them the consistency that they need, because like a lot of teams, Mac, and especially with a young team like the Anaheim Ducks, there are consistency issues. So if you can get some good veteran players at the trade deadline, you and I have said this for many, many teams like Ottawa, Toronto, et cetera, et cetera. If you can get some good veteran players that can still play, but give some leadership to your younger players. I think that's what Anaheim needs to be looking for here at the deadline, Mac. And you need they need to be a bit of a buyer to do it, but I don't think they're going to need to sell a whole lot to get that either if they're smart about it. What do you say about Anaheim here, Mac? Yeah, no, I agree with what you said. I, I just think more depth is sort of what they need. And again, you I think Anaheim is is a team that will sort of look at everything. Obviously, there's certain guys that they're not going to move, and why would you? But I think one thing that would be interesting for them would be getting a backup goaltender that you can rely on a little more. And that's not to say that Anthony Stolarz isn't a good goalie, but I think you could do better. And I think especially if you're trying to make a playoff run 
And especially if you want John Gibson rested, that is something that you have to look at. Yeah, absolutely. You and I mentioned this before that the goaltending depth isn't quite there for the Anaheim Ducks. So I, I think that's a good point to bring up, Mac. And Anaheim's in a pretty good situation overall, I'd say, Mac. I, I, I would be, I'm pretty jealous as a Sens fan because Anaheim, they've done a really good rebuild. You and I've talked about how Anaheim over the last few years has been rebuilding the right way. They've been getting good players while keeping around some good veteran players as well. And it seems to finally be paying off for Anaheim. As I mentioned, they're only one point back of the Vegas Golden Knights. At the moment, they have 41 points where Vegas has 42. So very, very close there in the Pacific. And as long as they can stay consistent, Mac, and add a little more depth where they need it, there's no reason this team can't be a team that uh, I think team experts and people will still underestimate unless they light the world on fire in the second half of the season, Mac, which is possible. But I'd say they're going to be a real solid dark horse candidate to pull off some pretty big, I wouldn't say upsets, but some pretty big wins in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think Calgary and Anaheim sort of fit that same bill. I mean, Calgary has really, we've mentioned their success. They've really sort of changed their style under Daryl Sutter and they're playing extremely well. You know, they've had inconsistencies like any team Um, lately. They haven't been that great, but again, I think this is still a good team and I do think they could use more depth. Obviously, you know, they don't have a lot of cap space. That's another issue for them, but the goaltending is not an issue anymore. You've got Markstrom and you've got Vladar who have both been very good for you. And obviously, you know, the rest of your forwards, their success speaks for themselves, especially Andrew Mangiapane. I mean, you want to talk about a star? This kid is a star. And he is a star on both ends of the ice. He is a play driver on both ends. So, And that is one of the best contracts in the league, if you ask me. So let's let's move on to sort of the mainstream buyers here. And, and these are teams that you would expect are going to look at adding and potentially making a Stanley Cup run. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most obvious one here, Mac, and, and they're a team that I would argue is pretty much almost always selling. And a lot of these mainstream teams are. But I, I really do see the Rangers, w- with where they are right now, being a team that could really be big buyers at the deadline, Mac. The Rangers obviously pretty much always are. But you look at where they are. They're third in the Metropolitan Division. They're right in the mix with Carolina and Washington for that top spot in the Metropolitan. And you better bet that the Rangers want to go for it. They've got a good young core of players. But the Rangers, the thing with the Rangers, Mac, and you know this as well as I do, you and I can say all we want about these are the people they should be targeting. But the Rangers pretty much target everyone. And that's just been a constant for the past, I'd say, 15, 20 years now for the Rangers. But are there anyone that you think the Rangers should specifically be targeting here, Mac? Or do you think that targeting everyone like the Rangers normally do is a good move for them? That's a good question. I think one of the biggest needs they have is to replace that production that they lost after moving Pavel Buchnevich, who I still don't agree with that move, by the way, but it is what it is. So I think you do need a little more forward depth and you need a guy who sort of plays that two-way game. And I think they've tried to be better defensively, but at some point you have to look at the team and be like, is this team built to play well defensively? And to me, the answer is no. They're just not. 
They have a lot of high-flying star players. They have excellent goaltending with Shesterkin. And Georgiev, you know, he's inconsistent, but he can be very good as well. So I think maybe they would potentially look at upgrading that backup position. I don't know. But to me, if this team really wants to transition into sort of a two-way force similar to a team like Vegas, you have to look at the personnel and say, okay, if we want to be that type of team, what sort of players do we have to have? And to me, they don't have those players to play that type of game right now. Uh, I think you make some great points there, Mac. The the Rangers are a team on the rise, but I would argue that they're a team that is still missing some key components here. And I think we we saw that last year because it was a pretty similar team last year, the Rangers, but they, they fell short last year because they just didn't have a whole lot of depth. And that could be the same case this year through the second half of the season. They haven't been quite as hot as of late. They're four, five, and one in their last 10. And I still think this is a Rangers team that's going to find themselves in the playoffs come end of April, early May. But the Rangers could certainly use a few more key pieces here to fill out both the forward and especially the defensive depth, as you mentioned. But the Rangers, they're always buyers, Mac. I've, I don't think I can remember a time with the exception of December a couple years ago when they started the rebuild of a time when the Rangers were actively selling off. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I think, you know, the rest of the teams are pretty mainstream, you know, Washington, Tampa, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Florida, Vegas. The one that I think is interesting, and I don't know which way they'll go is Minnesota because Minnesota is a very good team and a team that just doesn't get enough appreciation as a really good team in the NHL. But I think this is a team that will be very careful not to sort of upset the chemistry they have in the locker room. And if you look at Minnesota as a team, you know, they have some star players, but a lot of these guys are sort of lesser known, really, really good role players like Marcus Foligno and such. So I think Minnesota will be careful here because you're saying to yourself, okay, we're at the top of the division or very close to it. And we haven't really made any more moves than we've had to. So what do you do? Do you sort of keep the same group? Do you try and tweak a certain position? I mean, to me, they don't have to do a lot. The question is, will they? I mean, I don't know. This this will be a really interesting one for me. Yeah, I agree. The the wild could really go in any direction. I think that's the perfect way to sum it up because this is a team that I, I believe ownership management and the fans really, really believe could go very far. And I do as well. I think this is a wild team that is going to be really good. You and I were singing their praises through the off season. Uh, I'd still argue they overpaid a little bit for Capra's off, but at the moment, you know, 36 points in 30 games, I, I'd say that the, what are laughing right now. We'll see how that look goes out long run. But anyways, this is a team that has some good depth players, as you mentioned. They've got some good star power. But the question is, do, do management think they could use a bit more star power or depth at the deadline? And I think it really comes down to where are they standings-wise and how are they playing approaching the deadline? Because... If they're playing well, I think they're going to stay pat. But if they're not doing well, I could see them being buyers to fill in some more depth, fill some roles, and patch up some weaknesses. So uh, the Wild, to me, Matt, could really go either direction. But as you mentioned, this is a team that 
has been really good pretty much through the season, Mac. And unfortunately, they don't get quite as much attention as they should for what they have been able to do this season. However, the Winter Classic is this weekend, and it is is going to be a very good game. Two really good teams in the first place Central in the Central Blues versus the second place Minnesota Wild. Two teams that you and I are both very high on. And hopefully playing in the big game on January 1st, we'll give the Wild some much needed exposure here, Mac. Oh, for sure. And they've always just kind of been that low key good team for a little while, but to me, they're, they're taking that next step this year. And I think that's going to continue going forward, depending on how they manage their player and cap situation. Now, the only other team we had here, and again, this is sort of an interesting one is Vancouver. If their success continues, because again, you would say from a Vancouver perspective, you know, what are you going to buy? Because sort of like the Islanders, this is a team that's capped out. They're sort of built their core, you know, how can they make moves and improve their team? And it will require some strategy, but I think if their success continues, you are going to see Vancouver, if they're in the playoff race, be a buyer. I really do. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's the direction ownership in Vancouver would want. I think it's what the fans would demand. But if I'm Vancouver, I don't want to buy too much because this is still a group, in my opinion, Mac, that has some flaws. and. I want to see a bit more what with what the Vancouver Canucks can do under Bruce Boudreaux before I really make a decision on whether I want to be a buyer or seller at the deadline, because this could, this could very well just be a streak here, Mac. And then they go back to being cold and we just don't know yet. So Vancouver to me, it's still sort of up in the air, but just like, uh, just like the uh, Red Wings here, Mac, I think they could go in either direction. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think that just about does it for this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, uh, not at the moment. Uh, Obviously, you and I uh, are waiting for more NHL hockey to resume. Lots of postponements due to COVID and restrictions relating to it at the moment. But hopefully hopefully things like that will be trending in the right direction and we can get some more games in, especially here in Canada. It's been tough as of late. And... I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season. It's going to be a hectic second half of the season, especially without the Olympics and with all the postponements already. I bet there's going to be a big rejigging of the schedule, and that's going to make a have a big impact on how the playoff race shapes out. But it, it's always exciting as a hockey fan going into the new year. You've got the Winter Classic, the All-Star Game right around the corner, and a push for the playoffs. So even though it's been a tough 2021 for the year of Hockey Mac, the new year is right around the corner and we're all hoping for a better year in terms of COVID in terms of hockey and just a better year overall. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So from both of us, we wanted to wish you all a happy new year. Thank you again for listening. As you always do. We always appreciate it. Center ice is brought to you by the national podcast network. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Just look for the white blue and red logo. So once again, enjoy the game, stay safe. And we'll talk to you next time.